What is going on, people? It's the Fly Life Podcast, and I'm your host, Martin Novak, back for another episode, and this time it's with Miss Creature. I've wanted to have Kirstie on for a bit. A few of you guys reached out and said she'd be a good guest, especially with how much uh, car stuff's been coming up after the Steel episode. Uh, so I wanted to have her on to talk about her art, her start in FPV, um, and just her general vibe on cars. It's a sweet episode. She's super nice. Uh, mix it up having a female. It was kind of fresh for me as a host, too. And we talk about her quad setups, favorite pilots, styles of art she's into, what the hell happened with the whole Lunchbox FPV scandal, um, her favorite cars, and even a little bit of psychedelic substances. So it's a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And as always, see you next week. I found out about you through FPV, but then finding your social media avenues, it turns out you're way more into art than FPV, and you kind of blended the two worlds. How long have you been doing art, and especially as your profession? Um, well, I guess you could say I've been doing art as a profession for at least two years now. It's been a hell of a struggle, but it's super awesome to be your own boss. And I've been into art since probably about two years old, like, like right from the start. It was just kind of a thing. My mom was a, uh, awesome artist. So I just kind of latched onto that. Oh, nice. Did she, uh, did she do it professionally too? <clears throat> uh, she tried to for a little bit. She just never got all the way in, but she, uh, in the eighties, she designed some cool matchbox designs and stuff for old matches oh, and, uh, album cover for a band. I can't think of who it was but she did more like the uh what do you call it like the super realistic stuff that you see that i cannot do <laughs> yeah that's like the i mean i i'm not nearly as into art as you are but like in um in high school i took like ap art and had like a portfolio and thought about going to art school but like dra- drawing cool. super realistic stuff is crazy oh my gosh. hard <laughs> you go nuts i wonder if those people are all just crazy <laughs> yeah like um and sometimes you see like the hyper realistic um artists or like the people that can do pretty realistic stuff like with two hand drawings yeah. at the same time and stuff oh my gosh no just that's not allowed <laughs> so many hours <laughs> um and then what did you well if i may ask um how old are you oh um i forget every day but i think i'm 21 and i'm 29 now <laughs> okay i was like what i thought you were, way old. I thought you were older than that <laughs> That'd be pretty sick if I was 21. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could probably roll with that. People wouldn't question it. Yeah, I'm like five foot nothing, so I'm child size. Yeah, my mom still says she's 40, and she's well beyond 40. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, what did you do before full-time art? Um. Oh, man, so many things. Uh, try and make it, like, super simple, but, like, I've done bookkeeping for just so many years because it was – an easy job to make good money. Um, I've worked at auto body shops. I've uh, automotive shops of all kinds, <clears throat> of course. And then I've also worked at this crazy brain place once upon a time, where uh, Hawkins I was Labs. like a. No, I'm just kidding. Pretty, I, I just yeah, got yeah. off season three. <laughs> Dude, we're on the last episode. <laughs> I was not impressed. <laughs> it's heavy. Yeah, but um, the brain place I worked at was cool because I was a neurofeedback technician, so I'd like measure people's heads and basically their brains and read brain waves all day and do some crazy stuff. Kind of like the Hawkins lab. Yeah, did you see any <laughs> crazy irregularities, like someone just had a massive head or something? <laughs> um, I don't remember about the measurements part, but definitely with brain waves. Some people have absolutely beautiful brains. Or sorry, I should say everyone's brains are beautiful, but <laughs> not everybody uses them to the potential as we know, right? Um, so I don't know. The craziest one I've probably seen was someone who had some gnarly theta waves. And I won't go into the whole detail of it, but theta waves are really cool. They involve like shamans and like uh, leaving your body, astral projecting, like be basically having a powerful mind. And this person just had theta waves off the chart for like seven hours it was pretty crazy. Were they like, uh, like when you were around this person, did you like feel this without the technology? Were you like, well, this person's deep or like rooted or whatever? <laughs> That's a good question, but I honestly can't remember. 
thinking of it now because I I just met so many people at that job. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be a crazy job. Um, and you didn't yeah. by any chance <laughs> look at brainwaves on psychedelic substances, did you? No, I didn't. I really wish I did. But uh, it's funny, when I got that job, I just quit all my other jobs. I was like, no more bookkeeping, no more bullshit. And I found this this brain job. I was like, okay, sure, I'll try it. But I found it pretty much a week after I had my near-death experience. And this guy just out of nowhere was like, hey, I like your resume. Do you want to come for an interview? And he just he just felt out of nowhere like I was a good candidate to be a neurofeedback technician. <laughs> like, I can relate to these people. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you just it was said odd. Experience. <laughs> cool. What happened there? I feel like that's a crazy uh, topic. Yeah, you know it's extremely crazy, and I I only tell people that are usually like sitting in front of me because totally it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy crazy experience I had all on my own. Um, I'll never forget. But I've also had a DMT trip too, and that was. Like, uh, you know, the substance, not naturally. And that was amazing. That was phenomenal. But yeah, <laughs> that yeah. one I can talk about easier. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a whole, I mean, I've blasted off a couple of times. Any, nice. um, like w I, three times. And one of the times was like, if I could describe full send, um, like I was just <laughs> completely removed from my body. Um, and nice. it got me into the whole like. I don't know. Like I was never like a religious person. I grew up in a religious family and I, like, but it made me so much more, not religious, but like spiritual and open-minded. Yeah. And nice. Made me question That's things so awesome. more, I guess. When did that happen for you? Uh, this was 2011. Um, oh, wow. was like the heavy one. Um, and it was like totally a surprise moment. Like my, roommate and I were out and somebody offered it to us and my roommate, like, I didn't even know what it was at the time. Um, and I'd done like other psychedelics and my roommate was like, yo, this is on my bucket list. Tonight is the night. This is a sign. Let's do this. And I was like, okay, not really knowing what to expect. And then 20 minutes later, I was just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Damn. Wow. I want to know the whole story of that one someday. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a deeper story that I also would probably not air on the podcast of how I got into that situation. But, <laughs> right, like, right. for the most part, I just saw, like, a giant fractal of, like, all the memories I'd ever had, oh, some wow. that I couldn't even remember and stuff like that. And the visuals were crazy, but they only lasted for maybe, I mean, I, I, I actually have no idea how long, but they were there for a bit, and then it was just, like, other dimension. Lovely. Um, have you seen The Martians? No. Oh, interesting. Have you been anywhere? Uh, just like galaxies. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Any like planets of any sort? Um, not like planets, but like mm. stars with like heartbeats that like as I got closer oh. to them were like geometric. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Yeah, it's so funny you just said that. Yeah, but no Martians, man. I gotta go find that guy again and be like, you me. <laughs> when I was on DMT and uh, it just started to set in, I remember like seeing a uh, tetrahedron in front of me and like a walkway, if I could describe it at all. And I saw this Martian on this walkway. It's the best way I could describe it, kind of like the 1960s style cartoon Martians. And he was he kept pointing at the tetrahedron. And kept pointing. He had a top hat on, no pants, and like an old school like circus act uh, top of some sort, you know, with the trailblazer on it. <clears throat> Anyways, it was interesting though because he just showed up, and then I started speaking out loud to someone about it. I was like, "Hey, I, I see, I see a Martian." Like I was like, "Have you guys heard about a Martian?" And I, as I spoke about it, he kind of disappeared. He's like, "Well, we don't talk you... about this stuff out loud." I'm not here. <laughs> Literally, that's what it felt like. It was funny, but it could have been my own consciousness. Um, well, and that's like the weird part, right? Is like for me, it made me question like how much of this thing that's like created in my mind, yeah. essentially that I'm viewing, is like created by my mind, or is there other things like other versions of me and other dimensions and stuff that are like tapping into these visuals and stuff? Right. Yeah. It, it's. I definitely feel like something's telling you something. Like they're trying to relay some sort of message or hint um, uh, 
for your own self, like your inner self, like yeah. how to properly be a human, I guess. <laughs> yeah, really. That's what it is. Um, I think it was like on a Rogan thing. He's like, I think every president should have to do DMT to just, oh, be, hell yeah. to be a better that's person. A great idea. Oh my God. Some ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. That I have, that is on my head. I haven't done list. that one. Yeah. I'm too scared to throw up that much. <laughs> Yeah, and you're just like locked into it. Um, yeah, you know, like yeah. a like a bad acid trip or something, where you're just like, why isn't the time going by faster? Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm sure you've seen the Spirit Molecule, the documentary. Um, but like yeah. the whole idea of like when they're testing it, of just like having uh, an IV where you can just like dial it up and dial it down um, in like a controlled environment would be crazy. Yeah. I know that was like insane seeing them do that. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Do you um see this is this is the tangents I was talking about that come up. Oh, it's cool. I do it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um there was also on Rogan there was an archaeologist named Graham Hancock like 2 months ago and mm -hmm. he researches an ancient civilizations. And yeah. he was saying that, like, the Amazonians, the Mis the people of the Mississippi River Valley, and the Egyptians, like, all had the same story for what happened after you die. And it was like, you go yeah. to the Star of Orion, and then you go through the Milky Way galaxy, and then you're faced with, like, decisions you made over your life, and you have to, like, confront your life, basically. And it's yeah. like all these different civilizations made this realization separate from each other. Um, and they were all... Um, like around some kind of psychedelic substance, which is crazy that wild. like peyote, DMT, whatever it was, all led them to the same thing. Oh, that's so, see, I love that. Ever since I was young, I was like obsessed with any kind of Egyptian anything and other cultures. It's just so much cooler than Western culture <laughs> yeah what i mean western culture is so young and so mm, like sterile it know. is but it isn't like it is in like the now forgive me i'm just gonna be so blunt but it's uh it's it's sterile in the in the white person aspect <laughs> That's in, straight, yeah straight up white people are boring i feel you the white people kind of <laughs> fucked it all up yeah <laughs> so like it being from canada uh native culture is massive there it's so big, people don't really hear about it, but um, they've been there for a lot longer than we actually are aware of from what we've been finding in uh, uh, digs lately. Yeah, isn't it like uh, they're starting to find out that people have been like in the Northern Americas since like the Ice Age before the Ice Age, like the, oh, yeah, the land bridge yeah. formed like 100,000 <laughs> years before they thought it did, and now that the they dig like... Age. Yeah. yeah, they like dig 13 feet deeper and they're like oh wow we were all wrong there is more stuff down here right it's it's so uh i don't know uh pretentious almost to think that you know we haven't this world hasn't been used and abused in other ways at other times yeah it's uh it's some heavy stuff <laughs> tangent <laughs> number five <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you uh like it's i mean i guess i would think that experiences like that would influence your art Definitely. That, the the near-death one changed everything. My life changed. Lots of things changed. But uh, definitely, they. I, I've kind of already naturally just drawn whatever kind of happens. But since those experiences, for sure, it feels a lot more. And uh, who are some of your... <clears throat> Excuse me. Who are some of your um, like favorite artists and inspirations for your style of art? Um, and you can go inside yeah. baseball. I might not know who they are, but maybe someone out there does. Mm. There's this one girl. Her name's uh, Audra uh, Audra O'Claire, and she's amazing. She, I definitely look up to her. And funny enough, she's from where I'm from, and she's just I don't know. Everything she does is beautiful. If anyone does Google Audra O'Claire. Um, it's like A U C L I A R or A I R. <laughs> going oh back yeah, to super but, sick art. Uh, I'm looking. Yeah, right she now. does beautiful stuff. So she's a huge inspiration. Um, Leonardo da Vinci is a massive inspiration for me. He's uh, thinks similarly to me, <laughs> just way smarter. <laughs> I met him in that whole blast off situation. We we're on the That's same page. Sick. <laughs> <No. just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I don't really have a whole lot of other artists. I just kind of do my own thing and hope it looks cool. 
Um, and what about like, do you like fancy like older art, like going to art museums and like looking at um, like how art is developed and where it came from and stuff? Um, I'm kind of a jerk. I guess I could say not really. Like I kind of want to see that. Maybe just Leonardo da Vinci's stuff, but I want to see like more lost relics and stuff. Be more like Indiana Jones or something. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. And I think, yeah. um, I guess art back then too. Like the further you go back, probably the less constrained it was by like society and yeah, whatever. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, did you? <laughs> what made you make the switch um, to going full time? Like, did you start to get a couple paid gigs, and you were like, "Okay, I think I could make this happen," or is it something you always wanted to do, and then one day you were like, "Fuck it, I'm going for it." <laughs> um. Uh. You know, my uh, my husband definitely helped me with that. He pretty much pushed me to be like, you know, just do it. If you think you can do it, then do it. And uh, I really hated my job. It was really stressful and just unnecessary um, working for the man. <laughs> yeah. So I quit and uh, just decided to give it a shot because I had faith that, you know, if I work hard, I can really make it happen. So that's pretty much about it. And it's been working out. <laughs> we're not rich, but we're super happy. <laughs> yeah, if I define rich, you know, like... Yeah, totally. Freedom and time is exactly. Priceless. Yeah, so we've we've definitely we're rich in happiness and freedom. Yeah. How uh, your husband's name is Tyler? Yeah, it is. Yeah, how did you guys meet? Uh, <laughs> uh over a transmission. <laughs> uh, so I was in the middle of converting my wagon to five speed because I just can't handle automatic. And this is the 81 Corolla wagon, if you've seen it. So I was making it five speed, and I just picked up this sick transmission. And I was on my, on my way down to Oregon to go pick up my Starlix. I was buying it down here. And I needed a transmission. So Tyler, this guy I didn't even know, was like, hey, I got a transmission, but I'm not at home. You can go get it if you want it. It's yours. And I was like, sick, a free T50. Like, T50 transmissions are a glass transmission. Like, they are just... They're, they're expensive, and they break easy if you do too many clutch kicks and all that bullshit. <laughs> uh, so I went and got the transmission. It was a huge, huge confuffle. Like, my buddy and I, we had, like, 52 feet of truck and enclosed trailer with a starlet in the back. And we had to go up Tyler's driveway. Both of us had never seen it before. And Tyler failed to tell us that his driveway is, like, I can't even like describe the degrees that it goes up, but like it's a really steep. Sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's paved, but it's like all full of potholes and all these crazy washouts. But it just goes straight up. <laughs> so he and... probably weighs like if you can get it, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what he meant. <laughs> so we get there and it's like eleven o'clock at night, and there's no service out here. And my buddy's truck's black. His enclosed trailer is black. And we cross this little bridge to start going up the hill and we get stuck and you can't back out. Anyways, I ended up getting the transmission, we'll just say, and we backed out of that area alive. I had to walk backwards over the edge of this bridge at night to give my buddy light with my cell phone to guide him across this bridge. It was it was a definite like it's like a one lane uh, rail cart bridge or whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, anyways, got the transmission, made it home. That was another huge, crazy car scenario. But, yeah, so Tyler and I just, we we hung out a lot. I came down here to fix more transmissions because I had, like, a seven-transmission freaking showdown. It was ridiculous, my luck. All the transmissions were bad. <laughs> just blowing through them. <laughs> Yeah, they're horrible. There's something wrong with every single one, and I want my shit to be perfect if I'm going to be, like, replacing it all the time. Um, so, yeah, uh, I came down a bunch of times to just come see Tyler, and then we became more than friends, and then he moved to Canada with me for a year, and, yeah. The rest is history. Ahead. And uh, <laughs> yeah. how long have you guys been together now? Going uh, on three years. Oh, dang. Um, yeah. I don't know what you're doing over there, but the mic is peaking a lot. Oh, is it? Thank you for telling me. I'm on my iPad. I don't have a mic. 
Uh, well, that might be the problem. How's what? If, what if I do that? Is that bad? We just went to high definition. <laughs> um, I'm sure. Uh, you know, like I kind of had the same thing with Brandy. Like it's pretty rad to find um, a female in your mostly male dominant hobby. Yeah. Oh wait, did you say Brandy? Yeah. That's your lady. Oh my god, I'm so slow with who people are in the in the scene. I'm More sorry. Like Twenty minutes in, you're totally chill. <laughs> She's awesome. That's wicked. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then did you, did you guys get into FPV together, or how did you dabble into he this black totally hole? Totally got of money? me into it. It yeah. was totally all him. Yeah. He like. He he's like, hey, I got this uh, this drone. You want to see it? And I was like, eh, yeah, I don't really want to see like a slow ass fucking you know DJI or whatever. But I kind of see them in Vancouver. They're everywhere. Not um, anymore. The- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Oh my god. Whatever. We don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. He's like, no, no. It's it's cooler. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then I saw him take off, and I was like, holy shit, this thing's dope. And, uh, I saw through the goggles and it reminded me of leaving your body. So I was hooked in- instantly. Yeah. Get those video games with sunscreen on. <laughs> and then, uh, did you start to like take it kind of seriously? Cause like, I know you, you got a pretty decent social following and you were like popping up around a lot of places, but it wasn't necessarily like just cause you fly FPV, like you were doing designs for people and you kind of got this like social media content thing going that isn't like that much FPV really. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. Like I, I pretty much just started to doodle. I, I doodled like a quad one time and before I'd ever flown. And then I posted it and it got popular. And then I designed my motors that was just a doodle and that got really popular. And then I kind of like got into the scene a little bit more because I found like, Oh, I can post art as in flying with music. That's like another form of art and dancing or whatever. And, um, but other than that, I haven't really like tried to like dig in and, you know, get on teams or anything. I just, too busy for that shit i'd rather be sponsored by cars and stuff <laughs> yeah and compared to cars like fpv is a pretty cheap hobby like i don't know how other people feel yeah. but for me it's like a lot of sponsorships come with certain things and it's like now nah, i can just afford my own motors and avoid a lot of this <laughs> shit it's true it is expensive at the same time i find just like breaking small things here and there if you don't if you're not very good at flying. <laughs> yeah, that that like first year is like the the solder to time in the air ratio is super low. Right. Yeah. Um how much do you think you spend on cars? Uh <laughs> not a whole lot. I've been like extremely frugal for like two years. I'm trying to hustle to like get caught up and just do good for ourselves. But uh I don't know, like, right now we've, we just got one, two, three, we just got three new cars that we're going to sell. Uh, uh, do you, like, just get them to flip them, or? Most of the time, yeah, that's pretty much what we like to do, but if there's something that we like, we'll, you know, keep it like this, uh, I just got a 70, what, 73, um, Hilux, uh, it was a, actually a Chinook pickup truck, and got it for 300 bucks, and it's, like, minty like the k is so low it's been in the garage for like 15 years and we just started it the other day and i'm keeping it now (laughs) and for 300 bucks like that's that's a pretty good smile to dollar ratio yeah and it's gonna go forever and i'm gonna make it a flat deck and put my starlet on the back oh that (laughs) that's a couple thousand likes on instagram right there just with that (laughs) you know what's up i'm just kidding Do you feel like, um, like, I don't know how big your following was before FPV because, uh, like that's how I started following you, but do you feel like when you got an FPV and like you threw out motor designs? Cause I, was it like almost easier than like the regular art world? Because you kind of like tapped into this ecosystem that didn't have totally. that kind of stuff. Oh, hell yeah. That's why I'm still sticking around. Yeah. The FPV, FPV community like supports me really well. Like they're, they're really kind people. It can be pretty tough at times. You know, like there's other artists in the community too that get jobs. 
but everyone's work. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I'm trying to get back into the car art and stuff, and that's pretty difficult. <laughs> All my fan base has changed to FPV instead of car people. <laughs> yeah, and you have like a you got a pretty like niche car um, kind of like style, I guess. Like you're into <clears throat> older cars. Japanese specifically like older hatches um like there's definitely a following for that and uh don't take this the wrong way but it's like the (laughs) hipster car culture you know like oh that's interesting (laughs) well because when you think like when I think of car culture like if you go to YouTube it's like I don't know what are we at import years in Colorado or in the U.S. now it's like 93 or whatever so like JDM back to that date Mm. um and then like exotics are popping right now but you you know know. you're so right about that like when the KPGC 10 the Hakazuka Skyline came out like in like Fast and Furious a few years ago and uh some of the Datsun 510s even they became hipster vehicles so fast yeah and like um like for me, the Fast and the Furious was a huge influence on me. And like now, you know, that came out when I was 10. And like now I feel yeah, like oh people God. that loved that movie are like at a place to be buying cars now. And that's why you see like R34s that are like 90 grand. Well, yeah, see, it's funny because in Canada we have the R34s all day long. But in America, they're so expensive. Dude, America is like the dumbest place for cars. Um, in I a know. Lot of ways. Like we don't get a lot of like the sweet German cars. Like we didn't get I the know. Ford ST line. Um, we just got the Type R. Uh, it's just like yeah. if you're into like real drivers culture, there's a lot of cars omitted from the states. Oh, but there, it's the same thing for Canada too. Like we didn't get like some of the rabbits and stuff. Uh, like we get, we didn't get a bunch of vehicles that the Americans got. But at the same time, like, there's nothing better than, like, a good German car or a good Japanese car or something. Yeah, especially when they're, like, uh, like the right ones. Like, there's certain years of, like, M3s oh, yeah. and especially Japanese cars. Like, I'm, I love rotaries. I'd love to have. Oh, like, my God. I love Wankels. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> I love 90 NSXs. Like, that's my birth year. I oh, always yeah. wanted that. Um, the original. My friend's got one. Oh, really? Sorry. Is it amazing? Sorry. <laughs> It's it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I think the original uh, STI or WRX came out in like '92 in Japan, and like we can now. I had get one. That. Yeah. I had a '93. It was so tight. It was so all-wheel drive. It boosted to like it, it didn't boost too high, but like maybe maybe 15 pounds on a good day, which isn't like great for it. It's pretty happy that, for 93 though, right? Right. It was so tight. Oh my God. I loved it. I got it for dirt cheap because this kid didn't know how to fix it. I didn't. So my friend fixed it, but I knew it was a small, really cheap. Like I think it was like an igniter or something really simple. It's you're hilarious. talking to the kid. You're like, yeah, this, this engine's blown, man. You're going to want to get rid of this thing. <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's what we, that's how you do it. <laughs> Shrewd negotiating 101. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, I've had so many right-hand drive cars. It's crazy. What's that like? I've never driven a right-hand car. Like what's it like shifting with your left hand? It is. It is okay in the beginning. You're like, what the hell is this? This is like, it's, it's wrong. It just feels wrong at first. But after you like drive for at least an hour, you, it's awesome. It's the greatest. Um, uh, left hand turns through an intersection. That was my fault. Kind of question. Suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those suck. But once you get confident and you just, if you just use all your mirrors and you're not a dumbass, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that would be, yeah, I was wondering that, like, and then going, like, back to um, a left-hand drive and shifting, like, have you ever driven, like, back-to-back cars? Oh, yeah, I had a, I think it was a 94 uh, turbo diesel Hilux Surf, like, a four-wheel drive turbo diesel forerunner, basically, Um, and I went from that and then went to my Starlet at the same time, which was left-hand drive, and that was just wild, but... It's just like being super ambidextrous, right? Like you just learn to do more muscle memory. Yeah, it's like flying a five inch and a tiny whoop in the same hour or something. You just yeah, totally goddamn tiny whoops. Yeah. I suck at tiny whoops. <laughs> Man, I think tiny whoops, especially in acro mode, are overlooked as like a really good way to learn how to fly. If you can fly oh. a like a tiny whoop in rate mode in- indoors, then a five inch in a football field is going to be super easy. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, what got you into cars originally? Uh, 
I, I mean, I would say myself, but my stepdad, uh, who was with us for like 24 years or something like that, um, he was a heavy duty mechanic and he would always be in a, a crazy machine shop with these guys that they'd build like 1200 horsepower cars, like the Lakers and just these oddball freaking front wheel drive cars. But uh, I'd always be in there and walking around and doing whatever the hell I wanted since I was like two years old. <laughs> it was pretty unsafe, but so I just picked up on it and really enjoyed it, I guess. That's super rad. Um, and then were you like, as soon as you got your license, like, were you into having cars that were enjoyable oh, yeah. to drive? Like, what's the, like, what's the least character car you've ever owned? <laughs> least character car. Like, I'm imagine, I'm imagining, like, Nissan Maxima 05 being, like, the benchmark. For, <laughs> I am like... way cooler than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know cars, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, give all my cars character, but the best... Oh, fuck. That's hard. I, it's probably, like, one of my Hondas that I had. I don't know. I had, like, a four-door Honda. It was, like, standard, and it was, like, a... EF style four door, nothing special, just a D series, and got me everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the theme. Like I, I have one of those Hondas right now. Yeah, um, and it's, it's great. got z- zero character, but like it drove from Colorado, Kansas, on like forty eight dollars of gas. So. Dude, yeah, that thing will take you like East Coast, West Coast, like five times. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I drove it to Florida and to California, and I'm at like 260,000 miles and change, and I'm trying to make it to 400,000 because that's how far yeah. the, the moon is, and I think that would just be like such a cool <laughs> nice. thing, thing to have. That's what we're trying to do with the Corolla right now. I think it's at like 320. Oh, you're close. Just yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> drive that to like the end of South America and back, and you're <laughs> getting right. closer. I want to go to Mars, though. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, you might have to talk to Elon about that one. Yeah. Have you, um, do you listen to the Smoking Tire podcast at all or follow that source of content? No, I don't. Uh, he has a million mile Lexus. Oh, what? And the engine's never been opened. What? I know. It's like the ultimate um, like goals for having a car that runs for it's got like oh it has like God. new transmissions and power steering pumps, but the engine's never been opened. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Squad goals. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break to thank this week's mid-roll sponsor. Um, and then what led you to like your style? Ralph, quit dreaming in your sleep, bro. Sorry, the dog was like barking in the oh sleep. Oh my god, Ralph. I want to see Ralph sometime. <laughs> Ralph's a super handsome little studly fella. He really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, what led you to like your style um, of like the car culture? Oh, yeah. Um, my style. So I started off with the Hondas, just imports forever, pretty much, but. Um, I, I don't know, after the Hondas, I got tired of the one that I built and I really wanted to try some rear wheel drive and just be a little, a hood rat skid monster, basically. Seems um, like a lot so more I, fun. It, it, it was. And I got, I almost died many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I went into the 240 life. I got my first 240. I was like with an SR20 and it was raining one night and I almost almost died a few times <laughs> not understanding rear wheel drive so that kind of started it as soon as i knew i liked rear wheel drive and like drifting and all that crap i was like there's got to be something way better that's like a hatch and something that's light like i like but has to be rear wheel drive and then i found the starlet and that really started all of my like nostalgic kind of car love anything old basically i love yeah, that makes sense too, especially because it's pretty hard to find. Um, besides, like super expensive, uh, newer like German cars, like rear wheel drive hatches are a thing of the oh, past. Oh yeah, like they don't I'm, like the AMG like E series wagons, like the Euro ones. It's right, like I think that new, about. I think that new uh, E Honda is rear wheel drive, which is really weird, and it's a hatch. 
Yeah, I would have loved to be at the board meeting for that. Some guy from like the old days of tuning is like, no, you guys told me before I retire, you're going to make it rear wheel drive. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's it's so much easier, I think, to fix rear wheel drive cars. But I mean, I'm not like a heavy duty mechanic or anything. <laughs> yeah. And you get, I mean, you get a better driving dynamic, I think. Like you can rotate yeah. the car with the throttle a lot better. It's lighter. Mm. You don't have like the whole all wheel drive, um, you know, chassis under it. And then, you know, front wheel drives, I think they're like great for getting into car culture, but like they're so limiting. You hit torque steer, traction and first true. is gone. Um, it's, I mean, it's true. Like it depends. Like I feel like the front wheel drive, like I had some really good times with my front wheel drive cars, like mashing down mountain hills and stuff. But at the same time, like you have that danger that they can really provide you <laughs> you're like oh i can't turn and accelerate at the same time that well yeah it just it's pushes. all about the e-brake man it's all about the e-brake yeah, get that get that light rear end rotating <laughs> get a hydro in that bitch oh man i had that is like one of my bucket list things i've never pulled a hydro e-brake like uh i had an sti for a while and i wouldn't rip on it too hard um unless it was snowy out and like you know it didn't yeah, stress yeah, the yeah. car out a lot but uh yeah good for you and when I bought it, the e-brake was like half out. So I was like, all right, well, someone's been romping on this thing. Um, but having a hydro has got to be like the coolest feeling ever. Yeah. You know, I'm, I myself, I can't think of, I think I had a hydro, but it didn't even freaking work. Um, I've never ripped my, my either. Uh, I've had just like the 240 or actually in a Supra with a 2J in it um, that I had for like heavy drifting, like without e-brakes and stuff because I had all the power. Um, but other than that, like having old cars, you don't need a hydro. You just have to know that you're going to be clutch kicking all the freaking time. <laughs> yeah. That, and like, so when you like how much faster does clutch kicking wear out your clutch? <laughs> um, it really depends. I mean, depends on what kind of motor you're using. Like if it's like a dinky little motor, maybe it'll last longer, but I mean, I've never actually worn one out. <laughs> I must just be so lucky. <laughs> I yeah, ragged you, on it. Or you just clutch. got the like nice artist touch on it. You're like, I was also wondering that too. Because yeah. I would like, I drive my Starlet from Canada down to Oregon. It's like 600 miles or something. And then just there. And then I have, or maybe I'm overthinking that. I think it's like 300 miles maybe. And uh, I'd go drift it at the track there and wail on the clutch and drive all the way back and did that a few times and it was just fine. <laughs> Man, that's pretty ballsy. Like, <laughs> right? I know, I know. I was, yeah. I've had a, I've had a gnarly, ballsy life. <laughs> was have you ever had that like bite you like driving to like a faraway track day and then being like, oh, I blew up so and so, or has it been like pretty scotch free? Uh, I've been super lucky in that aspect for sure. Most of like my roadside issues usually happen like on a random day where it's not a track anything or it's a friend's car and I'm stranded with them. <laughs> what's uh what's the worst roadside issue you've had? <laughs> uh, there's too many. <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, you, ever, you ever had like a catastrophic, like just straight, like rod through engine block kind of situation? Yeah. Yeah. I bl well, I blew up my 240, my SR, which they, they, they fucking blow like do that. unintended. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they seriously blow. I was doing like an awesome donut show with my buddies and it was ticking that night, but we decided to ignore it. <laughs> And, uh, It'll yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was a super cool 240 kid. <laughs> so yeah, I, I did an awesome smoke show and then bam, it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the cool thing was like that night, like I was downtown Vancouver. It, it blew at like nine o'clock. I got a, a, a tow truck and sent it to my buddy shop we made it back there and we pulled a KA24 out of some junker car he had and pulled out my SR20 and swapped them that night. And we ended at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., I think. Like, and it was crazy because there was like a huge storm that happened and like the massive shop window blew out of the wall of the shop. It's hilarious. How ominous. But, um, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 but in the end, it was swapped and I was on my way to work.
bad and, days or <laughs> yeah that, i was gonna say you got it that's got like crazy you're like all right i haven't slept and i waken up and yeah. the car's back to fix this is awesome yeah <laughs> i'm so tired of those days like there's been too many of those in my life so like i'm so grateful for tyler he's way more knowledgeable than i am with cars and he teaches me a lot too but um whenever we're stuck if ever we are stuck we both just uh, we can brainstorm and we get out of whatever you know problem it is right away instead of having to be there for hours on end. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'd like uh, like when I like going across country with a quarter million mile Honda, I was like, all right, basic <laughs> basic set of tools, duct tape, all the fluids I there need. If it's worse than that, I probably can't fix it anyway. Exactly. You should always bring your girl a pair of your girlfriend's panties or a pantyhose with you too. Pourquoi? For a belt, if you need it, you know, oh. <laughs> it, yeah. it totally helps. <laughs> You're like, oh, I was like, is that like, uh, is that how you get like Good mechanics life. to pull over and help you? Like, get Tyler out That's there and be like, yeah, just go wave one. these pantyhose. Some trucker should stop. <laughs> I could totally see it working. <laughs> is there, um, is there anything that between the two of you, like, you haven't done on a car? Well, like, like, have you him, like built an I engine from scratch, stuff like that? I I only half built an engine from scratch when I did my Honda, but like Tyler knows my next, my biggest goal is to just completely take everything apart all on my own and put it all back together on my own. Um, I enjoy when he helps me, but I really don't want someone to like be there to like tell me what to do every two seconds. Yeah, you like need you know, that. Like, I know what to do. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> right. That, hey, I'm good for like the next four hours, but after that, I, I might need like 15 minutes of your time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, but that is like right now. I'm just uh, I decide to take off my I'm taking off my starter, my intake, my carb, and my uh, head. I'm gonna do a head gasket and re-steal all of my uh, everything on my 3TC motor and my Corolla and put a different. Uh, carb on it. I'm going to put a Weber on it, I think, and uh, see how she goes. <laughs> That's super rad. And you've probably saved like tens of thousands in mechanics fees over the years. Much money. So, so much money. It's ridiculous. <laughs> We're actually moving back to Canada, maybe. We actually don't know yet, but um, if we do, like, Tyler will be running a crazy diesel mechanic shop because he's just getting so good. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's pretty, like, good money. I mean, like, I know a couple of dudes that are diesel is, mechanics, yeah. and, like, that's a great, like, everybody would love to work in, like, some, like, pro drift shop, but, like, realistically working yeah. um, in, like, in diesel or, like, uh, I had, like, Jay-Z yeah. FPV on. He's an aircraft mechanic. Um, like, all the, yeah, like, those are all huge. items that industry needs, you know. Exactly, like yeah. That. That's rad. And the coolest thing is, like, uh, people like Tyler and I, we we learn everything that we've learned from just uh, books or watching or YouTube, and not from school because we just couldn't afford it growing up. <laughs> yeah, we live in a weird time like that, where like if you just desire knowledge, uh, it's out there. I can't yeah, I can't exactly. imagine like having to figure out how FPV shit worked if it existed before the internet. Oh my god, no, no, that's not my thing. I stay far away from electrical and anything with electronics. I'm really surprised that I got into FPV. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like, for me, FPV, like, I never worked on my own cars until I got an FPV because I was like, wow, now a car seems like so simple. Like, it's these big, bulky parts that fit together in a way more sense of a way than like these electronics with colored wires. Like, it's to me like the physical erector set for adults kind of vibe just like goes down in my brain a lot easier yeah. than wiring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what is your current setup for FPV? Uh, well, I've got my ether. Uh, so I'm, I'm sponsored by Flynosaurus. Um, love them like so much. They're the greatest guys ever. Um, and I fly the, uh, Skull V2 right now and the ether, um, V2 as well. And they're both really strong. The ether frame is a race frame. So I'm going to assume and if that's like your first comment on what they are that you've 
taking him through that test. <laughs> well, uh, you know, when I say race frame, uh, like I don't, I've never raced in my life, which I do hope to try sometime. But as in, like, I do notice the difference. I like to have a light frame as opposed to a heavy frame. Um, <clears throat> it's just like a car, really. It's really exactly similar. <laughs> um, but my my ether uh, is my favorite right now. It's got my motors on both of my quads actually i got my atom bomb babies on there uh, uh made by ego drift um they're 2206 um and i have also got a brain fc on there i forget what else i've got going on there because i know i got the tbs bulletproofs on there also <clears throat> those are good yes in a while I've, i ran those forever they are they're my first ESCs, and I still have them. It's really, really weird because it's been like two years now. <laughs> yeah, they came out a while ago, um, and they're like super yeah. low. Like they think they're like twenty five amps or something, which people now are like that's ridiculously low. Um, but I never had an issue yeah. with any of them ever frying. Yeah, I I have no idea. We actually uh, Tyler bought a whole a bunch of those CBS uh, bulletproofs when they were on sale for a while there. If you saw that too. Yeah, and I'm all about um, like scooping last year's products for half off. Hell yeah! That's the way to do it. <laughs> um, and you live in like in terms of flying, you live in like a semi unforgiving place. Like watching all your videos, and then uh, like I was checking out your website before this, and like your backsplash is like a clip of you flying through the trees. Have you ever gotten stuck in one of those massive <clears throat> trees? I haven't. That's insane. Um, and I feel like those things I, look like Velcro. I got to knock on some wood <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> before I finish the sentence. <laughs> yeah, so I've never, never crashed in them. I have uh, actually recently I was doing I was doing something and the wind caught me and the wind just took me into this one tree and literally just plinkoed me all the way to the bottom. But it wasn't one of the massive, like, super tall trees. But no, I've never gotten stuck in them. I, I'm all of a sudden gotten ballsy with it, and I just really understand the trees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there you go. I just uh, <laughs> I can draw the ma the trees around my house from memory, so I just know where they're at. <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of FPV, like something I wanted to talk to you about because I haven't heard it from you. Um, I got mm. like. Uh, semi-sober jesse perkins explanation of what had happened um, oh <laughs> but what happened with the whole lunchbox thing because i feel like the lunchbox thing was like in my face for like three months you you made the oh really like the fear and loathing thing didn't you yeah yeah yes and i did yeah i have one of those t-shirts people and, liked it yeah they're you awesome have one? yeah that's awesome well because i gave them the okay so what was gonna happen <laughs> Uh, oh you did i, I gave oh, to the kickstarter yeah. and then like a few months later i was like yo jesse my shirt never uh arrived and he was like just go grab one off the shelf and that's how like i started to figure out um that shit was not oh. that great but yeah go ahead explain what happened oh uh so i was uh let's say a, a freshman in the fpv community <laughs> And I'm doing art for people, pretty stoked I'm getting jobs here and there. And all of a sudden, this I call him Bunch Locks, fucking shows up. And he's like, hey, you want to get on a phone call with me? And I'm like, ah, okay, sure. Super sales guy, him and his wife, just like telling me, oh, we're going to hype you. We're going to make you big, blah, blah, blah. Just do this. And we just need you to do this for us. And we're not really wanting to pay much. And i gave them like a killer deal because they you know i believe them and uh i did a crazy ass design for them for that t-shirt i whipped it out so fast i maybe a few days i think i did it and i drew it and then i put it into illustrator and vectorized it and colored it and i was really not skilled in illustrator at the time and uh they were supposed to pay me for the artwork and uh, also pay me for uh, every shirt that was sold. Uh, it was like a contract deal that I had written up for them because I 
started to feel a bit weary. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, they never paid me for all the shirts they sold. <laughs> and I, I remember also there was a night where like Lunchbox like messaged me freaking out. He's like, I need this design. I need this design tonight. This, this needs to happen. Uh, I don't care what it is that you do, but just like show me a sketch and I need this by tonight. It needs to be a sticker. And I was like, ah, okay. Like I allowed it, I guess. So I did it and I did it as a sketch and I remember him being like, no, can you like change this to this? I need this change. No, no, do this. And they, they did like probably five renditions all while needing it really fast, apparently. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So. I basically contacted them and I was like, yo, can you guys pay me? Is this in contract? And tell me what the tally is of the shirt sold and everything. And they were like, well, if we pay you, we're paying you 50 cents because there was like one shirt sold. And I was like, is that seriously your Excel, like your, your spreadsheet? Like what's your tally? Like, let me see it. And they never like showed me and then they started to avoid me. And then Lorena started to go crazy on me (laughs) it was wild um she just uh, i have all the messages or maybe i deleted them now but she just went pretty wild on me like calling me horrible things saying that i did horrible things to them and just you know they're really um bad news bears narcissistic sociopath yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so that was it was just an experience is the way i see it I feel bad for Jesse and all the other people that had to deal with that shit, but it, yeah, it's so th- it's just it's fucking life. It's it's totally life. Um, I think you know, like I mean, you and I are the same age. Like you just go through people, and every few years, someone pops up like that. Um, yeah, exactly. and in the FPV world, like especially if you like stepped into it and like you said you were a freshman, you're like, wow, this is like all rainbows and sunshine. Like these people are super passionate and cool, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And when you come from the car scene, you know, people are like, oh, you're not fucking cool enough. You know, all that, that shady, clicky shit. Look at that fitment, and, you uh, noob. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so I'm like in the FPV and I'm like, these people are so nice. Oh my God. They're my best friends. And, yeah. And didn't you yeah. <laughs> uh, like call them out for like uh, falsely growing their social media? Like that's the thing that I heard that stuck with me the most. <laughs> I, uh, I I enjoyed that people enjoyed that. I didn't think much of it other than people are like this nowadays. So it doesn't phase me. But uh, yeah, this, I have a I have a girl that has become me. That's another story. So I found out this wicked website to see like, you know, if this person's fake. And I used it on Lunchbox, and yeah, it, it shows like their their extreme incline to like eighteen thousand followers overnight. <laughs> and it shows their their decline after. You're like no wonder you don't have any money to pay me. You spend it all on this, right? Yeah, legit. Like all fake followers, they're all Abu Dhabi or fucking who knows where. <laughs> yeah, like like five accounts, all like one number off, two posts. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, there, yeah. I, I hope that they figure their shit out and fuck off from everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, like, obviously at the expense of, like, you, like, I know Jesse, like, you had your time into it, which was valuable. Like, Jesse had his time, and he put up a good mm-hmm. amount of money, I think, and Lunchbox still owes mm-hmm. him. Um, oh, yeah. But it's just like... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's a dick move, and it's like the drone industry, especially FPV, isn't that big. Like you can't right. get away with this without the industry somewhat self policing the douchebags out. Totally, and people do have to like learn to stick up for themselves more and in a respectable way. But I mean, the more that you call these people out, the less there's going to be of that, hopefully. Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm not huge into call-out culture, but I'm huge into identifying yeah. douchebags. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, did, I mean, I'm sure it was, like, a huge learning experience. Like, did it thicken up your skin for, like, you know, being more upfront and, like, just, like, not in a bad way, but, like, not a pushover when it comes to, like, your contract um, artwork? Mm-hmm. Like, it's more just, like, made it a bit more binary of like how you treat it or was it like a one-time thing you filed away and kind of keep in your mind but you kept going about uh, life no, the same way? no 
That's a great question. That's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, helped, I guess you could say, uh, helped maybe grow balls in my whole, uh, business aspect. Cause I mean, like things like that can really ruin my business and I have to really notice these kind of things. So it's helped me in the sense that I do have to be precautious or have like a good, you know, rules of engagement or whatever happening. But like, as for like backbone and skin thickness, like, I, <laughs> I, I'm a little shithead. Like I'm just a little like hood rat, but I'm on my best behavior in the FBB community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel you been there. Do that yeah. every day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've had like, not, so, not on this podcast, uh, but I used to do the spun podcast and there was one rant that we just had to cut out. Cause I was like, I'm so over this shit. <laughs> yeah i hear that (laughs) um and then you know like you're a freelance artist you draw for a living create art for a living and although it's different i think it's similar in a a lot of ways like fpv especially people going into like filming fpv getting filming gigs and freelance work and like you were saying like editing to music and posting footage is its own art form in a way so on that front like when you go into like an art gig like you have customers like sign contracts and everything like that like go the proper route Uh, No, not always. Like, I really just feel out the person. I'd rather people feel like I'm, like, your friend and I'm doing something from my heart for you instead of it being, like, you know, Hitler. Um, I I like that that's, like, the the baseline. Super nice (laughs) Hitler. That's, 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 I know I'm horrible. I don't have a happy medium. There's only two sides of of you. It's just that. Exactly. You're a very quick learner. Yeah. We'll settle this on a handshake, otherwise the Gestapo's coming out. (laughs) Exactly. I used to have the nickname, the Honey Badger, for a very long time. Perfect. Yeah, but we've stopped that. (laughs) We put the Honey Badger away. It's water under the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) The short person syndrome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then so, like, in terms of... um, you know, like getting clients and stuff like that. Like, do you reach out to a lot of people? Do you just put yourself out there on social media and they reach out to you? Like what has been your most like word of mouth? What's been your most effective um, avenue for getting new gigs? Uh, Instagram's huge. I I'm, I'll admit I'm horrible at social media. Like I don't even know what I'm doing half the time and I'm just trying to just post something, anything. Um, but I get a I get a lot of requests through Instagram, which is really really. Um, I guess you could say I'm thankful for Instagram because it's this this new age that we're in. Yeah, it's it's a weird world. Um, like my mom <laughs> yeah. comes like she's got a PhD and it's like in super academia, and then I'm explaining oh, wow. to her I'm like, yeah, like every filming gig I've gotten with a drone came through Instagram, and she's just like, what is that even like? How? <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. It's a weird world, um, like in a good way for creatives, I think, definitely. It is. If, if you can channel it and you know how to, like, rock it, then, yeah, it's it's good. But if you don't know how to sail the seas. <laughs> yeah, and I think people also, um, like, you know, it's so glamorized. You get a glimpse into, like, people's lives for a day, like, whether they're doing, like, yeah. drawing, leather work, working on cars. But, like, even on social media, to crush it, like, it's a metric fuck ton of work to like be consistent create content at a certain level keep progressing like it's really a grind yeah i i when i got on instagram i was like whatever but then i started to build my starlet and show off like i was building it and stuff and i got like super popular just because of that it was really odd but i mean it was something that helped help for my art in the end Yeah, and, like, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, like, car, like dipping into the FPV world um, was, like, easier, like, uh, more efficient because it was, like, you're tapping into this area of people that don't really have this kind of art on a regular basis. Exactly. Cars is, like, super huge and saturated because, like, I've always joked yeah. on here, like, should have started a car podcast. So many more <laughs> ears out there would listen to it. But I think it'd be the That's same thing. Like the competition would be steeper. Yeah. There's way more podcasts, yeah. um, different, yeah. different struggles. Totally. Yeah. You, you know, you could start with the FPV podcast and then go into the car one. Cause you're building a big fan base just through FPV right now. Cause it's 
FPV is hot right now. FPV is hot, and I'm starting to realize um, that a lot of FPV people are also car people. Like whenever, like I had, me too. Yeah, like Steel was on. Schizo yeah. loves cars, and then I had Kyle Antonowich on. He's like a driving instructor at Monticello Raceway. That's that, sick. That flies drones. So, and I think, um, like, there's a lot of different parts of your soul or whatever that it feels like feeds like tinkering, feeling a rush, oh, shredding, yeah. hanging it out the there. Challenge. The yeah. challenge for sure. Um, but I think money. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, money. Um, yeah, well, especially if you're buying three hundred dollar cars, that's epic. Like, <laughs> those flynosaurus squirts are like five hundred bucks. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think um, like as I start to think about it more critically, um, like something that Kyle and I were talking about on the podcast, and like you were saying, like light frames are big to you, light cars. Like the biggest thing we were talking about is like the ends of your arms and like motor bells are like unsprung weight. Um, ah, like yeah. CG and all this stuff. It's like, you know, it's a different thrust vector in the way it performs, but like it's all the yeah. same ish principles that matter. It totally is. It's all about, I, I call it, it's all about the rhythm and the groove. Like um, and an engine has a rhythm and a groove, and so does a drone. You just got to like feel it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, well, before we get out of here, actually, the one thing I wanted to ask you too was okay. budget aside, dream build car. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I can't answer that, but right now... <laughs> um, <laughs> right now, I really want a uh, Nissan Gloria, and don't you dare hype it up and make everybody else want one, because nobody knows what it is yet. <laughs> um, it's like a 76, 78, maybe, I don't even know, like 60s to 70s Nissan Gloria, and there's also a Nissan Cedric, I think the Cedric is really sexy. That's such a cool name. I just imagine a dude in a plaid right? shirt with glasses. Right, right. That's what I know. It's just, it's everything's hot about it. So that's what I want. And I want to dump it. And I want to like, I don't know. I'd probably put like a three rotor in it or. Just get real. I weird. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to offend everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um. What is, uh? what did I see? Uh. It wasn't that old of a car, but it was like a full GTR R34 swapped uh, Nissan. What is that? Stagia? The uh, oh, the the Stagia, yeah, the wagon. Yeah, add your accent to it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so Canadian. Oh it's yeah, hilarious. it's Perrier. Got it. <laughs> Perrier. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, no, the Stagia, they're cool. I remember seeing a bunch of those uh, on the island where I've just moved from, and. They're they're cool. They're freaking boats though. Like if Huge. you want a boat, get a set. Uh, get a not a Cedric. Get a Chaser. Chasers are where it's at. Okay. Um. And then are you into like modern cars at all? Like, do you have any like dream cars that have been made past um like the nineties? Uh, past the nineties, like the most I'll go is like two thousand and one. Uh, yeah, I can't really think of anything i just want like a newer reliable vehicle if anything <laughs> yeah that's like the that'd be like the nice thing right like the reliable yeah. daily with a full warranty where you're like oh something yeah. broke i'll just take it to the dealer it doesn't cost good. me anything <laughs> good seatbelts got airbags save yeah and we live in a weird time where you can get like a 800 horsepower car with a warranty i know oh my god that's so terrifying <laughs> uh would you ever get a tesla as a daily Fuck no Sorry. <laughs> there you go, Steel. Get your heart out. What does he say? You want one? <laughs> Dude, he's got one. No, Steel. What the? F I'm okay. Never. Mind. I mean, he Whatever. balances it out because he's got the Whatever Elise and a Miata. Um, I mean, which like I think for like I've been in one once. Like the pure acceleration is borderline nauseating. Um, right. Yeah, it's it doesn't even make sense. So get this. Like I hate like the Tesla and all that shit. I think it's garbage. Personally. At least at this state, though, like, it's not ready, uh, in my opinion, uh, because we don't know how to produce it properly. But um, this, we have two starlets, and the other starlet that we have, we're totally going to make it electric just for the fun of it. And oh, that's going to be rad. Uh, <laughs> Right? Is, yeah, that'll be cool. There's What's that company in California that did, like, that does EV West? Um, they, mm -hmm. do, they do, like, full-swapped um, M3s and stuff like that to full electric. Whoa. Which I feel like for drifting would be unreal for like the throttle control and stuff That'd like that. Terrifying. Yeah. That would be absolutely terrifying. The torque. Oh my god. 
Yeah, but I, I feel I like totally <laughs> you'd probably get a lot of control if you had like a direct drive motor on there that's got, you know, like a PID loop that's running a thousand times. Like, you know, you <laughs> modulate the throttle at all um, and the motor reacts. You're not like dealing yeah. with like, is it in power band? Is it in boost and all that stuff? <laughs> totally, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, sweet. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, usual car Thanks talk for, for everybody out there. Do you have... Um, any sh like sponsor shout outs and then where can we find your stuff at cool uh well i mean a huge shout out to flyno for sponsoring me and just being like family to me i really appreciate them because they're not shady people and they build awesome shit um and uh if i don't know where everybody is but i'll be at west coast throwdown tyler and i um west coast throwdown is in oregon august 22nd 25th and it's like a camping shindig, uh, float on some tubes and fly drones and wings and all that crap and have fun. All the things. Super chill. Yeah, all the things. Super chill vibe. So it's awesome. But um, yeah, uh, you can find my stuff at my website now, finally. Uh, it's www.misscreature.com or you can find me on Instagram, uh, misscreatureart. Um, that's about it. I'm pretty basic. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep it chill. <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks again and have a good night. Um, yeah, you too.